Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today is the fourth and final episode of our interview with Austin. We hope you enjoy. What are you most excited about in the work that you do now? Hmm. I think uh, what I am most excited about is seeing the things that uh, we've been talking about for five years about creating a, a recovery community on the West side actually happening and starting. Um, it's a joke that I started like, cause I didn't know how else to explain it. Um, <laughs> but I wrote down like Austin's evil plan uh-huh. Um, with the refuge and it was that 50% of the guys who complete stay on the west side that all that the refuge alumni had leadership positions on s- specific strategic civic organizations on the west side that um, the refuge was 50% of Veritas membership uh, there was a couple other things or that, that our guys were employed by local organizations that we work with um that there's over 20 <clears throat> alumni living on the West side, actively doing things to improve it. And those things are happening. Like, but now that, so why that makes me excited is because we are actually doing community development work, which means identifying what makes a healthy community. And because we're relationally focused, we realize that a healthy community is a, is a, relationally healthy place and our guys know and have these tools to be healthy relationally and it's not just me saying it to them but it's them leading in the community leading in their families leading at church leading at their jobs that are service focused changing the hilltop where if somebody says the hilltop the refuge is also thought of quickly yeah that's exciting that sounds like a vivid vision not a evil plan i know (laughs) but but like evil plan people laugh at and remember yeah sure so it's like so i want to be a part of that evil plan because like if you're like this is so this is really no you don't want to be a jedi person you want to be on the dark side because darth vader is so much cooler than (laughs) than luke he is star wars reference yeah you just want to do that i was going to use a lord of the rings but they're scary so star wars i've been watching lord of the rings again yes it it aged well it did. It's fantastic. The book's so good. The books are fantastic. I've never, I, I need to read them. Yes, you do. I haven't read them. I read one a I'm year. in the middle of Harry Potter right now, and oh. I'm just really enjoying it. Those are really good books. You know why Harry Potter <clears throat> is good? Why? Because it values the most important thing is having good friendships. Yeah. In Harry Potter, it's like, who, like, how do I come around and support my friends? That's what Harry Potter is focused on. And that's really what we've been honing at the refuge the last several years. So I have to put you on the spot now. No, ask please you. do. So if we're, you know, if one of your your biggest responsibilities besides cultivating your relationship with God mm-hmm. would be your your wife and kids, are you still working 75 hours a week? No, I am not. Um, I am, I think, um, please ask Chelsea, but I think I'm doing probably 40 to 45 hours a week. Okay. And like there's flex, I'm blessed because I have flexibility in my schedule where I get to take my kids to school most days. I can pick them up majority of the days from school. So there's like times where I'm not at work where I can just 
control my schedule and put boundaries on myself where it's like emphasizing to them, like it's those small things with my kids that are going to be long term healthy. They're going to create a, a healthier relationship with my kids long term than yeah. those small things instead of not seeing them at all and then just having like one or two big things a year. Right. So just trying to be a part of their everyday and just involve them in my life. Right. Yeah. Right. That's awesome, man. No, I'm I'm not perfect at it. I don't I'm work I'm still working to be fully present. Well, I don't you know, home. I don't know that perfection is yeah. is, is going to be a reasonable aim, but mm-hmm. that's awesome that things have improved. Yeah. That's really cool. It and, is. Um, I know you've moved this last year. Yeah, that was a huge, that was another, I would probably if I was talking about like life mapping stuff, the moving to the city was in, was huge, but moving out of the city and into the suburbs is was, was even bigger. That was something that it was very painful for me. <laughs> um, and yeah, still no, is. It, it really, it really was, I know. Yeah, yeah and, but it's like, it's a weird painful. Like this is how ridiculous God made me. Like I am, I feel guilty or or pained for living in one of the safest neighbors. It was voted like it, crime did this. I forget what or what uh, polling organization did this, but they've identified like based on crime and police phone calls and the type crime numbers in a in the country. Uh, where I live is one of the safest cities in the state of Ohio. Wow, and that bugs me. Like, but why does that bug me? So it's just kind of like I'm my kids are living in a place. Um, yeah, I'm working on that. Like, I think a part of it is kind of going back to this. I can only be close to God if I am suffering. Mm, yeah. So the miserable thing. Yeah, the miserable thing. So, but like <laughs> because it's not just me, it's me, my wife, and my three daughters. Mm-hmm. So it's not just my relationship with Christ; it's theirs. Yeah, and and that's that's a con, you know I, I wouldn't say controversial, but like different people are going to land differently on this. But I know you and I have talked a lot about just what might be my call. My calling mm-hmm. isn't necessarily my wife's calling or my kids' calling. Right. Yeah. And because yeah. we are not, because because we decided to get married, that means we have to put our we have limits and was it. Limits and limits and losses. Limits and losses. When we decide to get married, that doesn't mean that like that's not a bad thing. Or there's individually, limi- it's just going to look different. Yeah, there's we li- all have limits and losses. Yes, and we need to take those into into consideration, especially right. our spouses. Like every time I feel bad <clears throat> about living in one of the safest neighborhoods in in, in the state, I see every time I see my kids uh, come out of school and be happy and not so stressed out. Mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Knowing that like my wife isn't living in fear because where we used to live, like my kids saw someone try to shoot somebody else more mm-hmm. than once. Like our neighbors were drug dealers. Mm-hmm. That wasn't safe. Like we, we intentionally moved into a rough neighborhood to be a part of the positive change with our kids. So our kids experienced a lot of this stuff that was good and bad. Yeah. Like our kids know that where they where they where we live right now isn't normal. Yeah. Like it is like we say it's like oh it's a bubble. It's like well, trying to figure out so if this is conversations we're having with our kids now because they're they're identifying. It's like man, there's all these white people here, <laughs> like and it's a bubble. Oh, I hope we can get back in if we leave. And so it's so they like laugh and roll their eyes now. It's like well, I think it's like I feel like God put us here to help pop 
a bubble for some people mm-hmm. and see that there's this isn't every everyone else's experience in life. And our kids have a different perspective because of who their friends are over the past, shoot, I've been like six, eight years. So they understand things that a lot of their friends never will. Right. So that's a gift. It is a gift. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, uh, everybody's in a different spot and, um, every family's at a different place. So I, I, I just, I'm, what I admire is the fact that you, you put aside your own desires hmm. for the betterment of your family. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. I think it was identifying, like, I can remember where I was when I realized that I was putting my ambition ahead of everything not Christ's calling to be a leader or just like Christ's calling to love my neighbor. Mm. And it's really hard to love your neighbor when you don't love the people in your own house well. Yeah. And so I remember being frustrated with my wife because she did, she was angry that I asked if I could do something. Um, If I could, somebody asked me to sit on, like it was like a civic board or something or other. And it was a real, what I, to me, it was like, this is a really big opportunity for Mm me. And I was like, can I do this? And, and it, it just, it was like a, one more thing that was just my wife hearing that I'm putting something else ahead of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't just like, well, she wanted, she's not selfish at all. Like she can, she does not need a lot of attention. She just needs some. And I wasn't giving her any. And I remember being angry at her for not letting me do this thing. And I was like, if I, if she were just as passionate about this as I was, I remember thinking that and mm-hmm. realizing like, what would it look like if I was just as passionate about making a healthy family as I was about making a healthy neighborhood? Mm-hmm. And that's just like, that was definitely from God. Cause I was just like, I, it, it, uh, crushed me cause I knew I wasn't. Yeah. And I knew I had not put them first in a long, long time. What's fascinating too, right. Is we can't control what everyone else does, but mm-hmm. we can control what we do. And like at the end of the day, just what comes to mind for me when you say that one, it's, it's really admirable and it, <clears throat> it's a good, it's a good thing for me to wrestle through. Cause I can, I can, we can, you know, I can have the propensity to make the same error, but if every, you know, you, you said, you said my neighbor, it's like, if every neighbor, if every father mm-hmm. would like prioritize their family, like they wouldn't need people like us to do the refuge. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. So very much so. Yeah. So it's a, this like, like I'm a very futurist thinking person. And so like, I think you and I share some of that where we have plans. We're like, okay, if I do this this year, that means next year I'll be able to do this. The next year I'll be able to do this. That means in five years, this, I should be about here in 10 years. I should be about here. Um, and I had put so much emphasis on that and was living a life kind of like in this plan to get to a place where I wanted to be that I had lost sight of the only part that my family was playing in that plan was realizing how much freedom I would have once they left the house. Mm. Like, what is that? That says nothing positive about me other than like, I know how old they are. Yeah. So I'm not preparing them. So like, it's what this, what Christ did to me because I was blind to it was how do I prioritize what I focus on? Because there's this like also this like unhealthy fear in me that I'm not going to be around forever, but it's it's abnormal and not, it's not like, oh, we all die. But mine's just like, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to have a very short life. So I need to get a lot done 
really fast. And so if, if that is true, what is it that I'm going to be leaving behind? And it's like, I want my wife to be, I want her to feel actually be safe Mm. and feel confident in her future. I want my daughters, all three of them to know who Jesus is, not just uh, so like, I can't force them to have a relationship with Jesus, but I can do my, I can control how I talk about him, Mm -hmm. how often I do. I want them to be kind and brave. And if I'm not around enough, if I'm not kind and brave to them, with them, how am I leaving that for them? Yeah. Like, so those, those are the big things. Yeah. Because if at the end of the day, if I die and there's a, it's a huge funeral because I did all these quote, great things to improve a city, but my kids don't want to be there. Like that's bad. That's not good. <laughs> that's that's bad. like when I'm in the hospital dying, I want my kids to want to be there. Yeah. I want my wife to want to be there. There's a, there's a quote that terrifies me that really, that was, that I heard probably about the same time. It was, there was this theologian that died in this past decade and his wife said he loved the church and she, his widow remarried a couple of years later. And she said, my old husband loved the church. My new husband loves me. Mm -hmm. I think that was A.W. Tozer. That was a while back, but Yeah. yeah. So I want when I die. It's my, kind of a bummer. It is a bummer because he did good things for for God, but he he also did he, he hurt his family. So yeah. it's when I die, I want my wife to know that I loved her first, and I want my kids to know I love them, yeah. and that I loved other things, but I want them to know that I definitely love them first. Mm. So. Well, hopefully they listen to this and they're encouraged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, man, uh, we love you and. And uh, it's good chatting with you. Thanks. Getting to know you a little bit better. I hope it's encouragement mm-hmm. for uh, for others to listen in, but also, yeah, the guys in the refuge to, to get to know you a little bit better. So mm-hmm. thanks, thanks for sharing. No problem. Thanks, Wes. Thanks for listening to this episode. Tomorrow we'll be starting a new conversation where Austin will be interviewing me. So we'll see you then.